Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, I have another great coach on here with me, uh, Coach Salas. Um, if you guys don't know who he is and you're on Twitter or YouTube, you need to re-figure out what you're doing on social media. Uh, so Coach, I really appreciate you coming on on this lonely podcast of mine. Uh, for anybody that may not know who you are, would you please introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on here, buddy. Uh my name is Joe Salas. I'm a uh, I'm the head football coach at Hopton High School. And uh, when people ask me to introduce myself, I, I tell them I'm an imperfect Christian. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And I'm a football coach. And, and now I'm a, I guess I'm a YouTuber and a podcaster as well. Yeah, I got into it because of quarantine. There was nothing else to do. <laughs> Had to get on there and uh, it turned into meeting a lot of good people. That's the great thing of social media it's it's bad or good and i went down the good side of it i was like i'm gonna go meet people i'm gonna go that route um i agree it's really been the uh you know i guess when people people who aren't uh you know doing youtube or or podcasting you know they always ask you are you making money and the answer is no there's no money but you meet so many people and you get so many ideas that it's, uh, you know, it, it's worth millions of dollars just that way. You know, literally every time I talk to someone, I pick up something, you know, some kind of idea that, that uh, either makes me better or makes my program better. So it's, it's been just, uh, you know, just a, a blessing. Well, I got a lot to live up to then. I don't know what you're going to learn from me, but we'll find out. Uh, so the first question I ask every coach just to ease into it is, uh, I'm always curious how people get into coaching. Um, everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different path. Like I was 15. I was 15. And I said, this is what I'm going to do. I knew right from the get go. Uh, 
so how'd you get into it? Uh, you know, we lose our hair. I got white going on somewhere in here. It, it's, it's rewarding, but stressful at the same time. <laughs> Uh, mine, mine's pretty similar to yours. You know, I, I knew as a junior in high school that that's what I wanted to do. My, my story is, you know, I was raised in a single parent home and, and really didn't have a male role model. So when football found me, you know, it changed everything. And, and, uh, coaches, uh, became my father figures and, uh, and, you know, and I was just, I was blessed that, uh, you know, straight through from rec ball all the way through high school, you know, every coach was just a good Christian guy that cared about kids and uh, cared about uh, teaching kids how to be men. And uh, but they did it, you know, in a, in a very, you know, random way, you know, like we all probably do it did at some point, you know, it just happened to be they tell a story at the end of practice that that meant something to you, you know, those kind of things. And so, uh not only did that uh, that not only did that push me towards becoming a coach, and like I said, in junior year in high school, I knew that I wanted to be a, a football coach in a in a small town, and I wanted to make a difference like coaches had done to me. And then as I as I grew and you know and, and grew through making a lot of dumb mistakes, uh, you know I, I just got fixated by this idea of systemizing, you know, the lessons that we were going to teach the kids. You know, that it wasn't enough to randomly tell some good stories or give some good quotes. I wanted to kind of have like a lesson plan on how we were going to develop these guys and and really fill up their toolbox, you know, their man box. So that, uh, you know, really, I think, especially high school coaching, it's all about, uh, you know, preparing kids for life after football and uh, and get them some things that, you know, uh, you know, what was it, Rocky, you know, nothing hits as hard as life, you know, that it is it, it, everything that we do in football is a microcosm for what's really going to happen. And I, and I, you know, I heard one time they said, uh, you know, life is not all about football, but football is all about life. So th- this idea of filling up their toolbox and giving them some tools that they're going to use uh, when, when life, comes at them you know when you when you lose a wife or lose a job or uh you get a bad report from a doctor you know all those things that can happen in real life uh i wanted them to to have some things deep inside that they knew they could handle anything that comes through the door you know and that and that's really my passion is uh is teaching boys how to be men and building winners for life yeah i did my own podcast and i haven't released it yet but i talked about like so you want to be a coach. And the first thing I said was, I took it from Coach Hines. Know your why, and your why better be the kids. If it's not, reevaluate what you're doing. Because selfishly, we have to enjoy football. But like at the end of the day, it's about the kids. And so I said that. I said, reevaluate. Like when you have a struggle, like, oh, this is tough. Go back and say, why am I doing this? And it's for the kids. You will come back to what you're normal. The stress goes away. And and uh, that's a good answer, and I loved it. Uh, it took the words out of my mouth. Um, so how did you end up where you are now? So how did you end up at coaching at your high school? Uh, got fired a bunch of times. Uh, got got lucky. Knew the right people. You know, all, all the different things that, that happen in the coaching world. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I'm, I was raised in South Georgia, and, uh, and, and married a North Carolina girl. So now I'm in North Carolina, you know how that works. And then this, this, uh, this job that I'm in at now is, uh, 25 minutes away from, uh, her hometown. So, uh, you know, it was just the perfect fit. They were, they were down and out. They were over and, uh, you know, the, that Hopton was a place that was a, a powerhouse probably in the nineties and even into the two thousands. And then the demographics in this area completely changed. And, uh, and man, we, you know, hopped and hit some, some, some hard, hard years. So uh, they needed someone bad and I needed a job and, and you know, and it came together and it was just uh, the perfect fit. And uh, so it's uh, this heading into our third year and, you know, obviously our, we're, we're all dealing with the COVID monster, but uh, heading into our third year and it's been uh, just the perfect marriage and uh, got great kids, great coaching staff, great principal, great AD. You know, it just all all came together uh, after lots and lots of prayers. And, 
and lots of, uh, you know, lots of uh, hard knocks and experience. Which is the best thing. Sometimes it's better to learn hands-on than it is sit well, in a classroom sometimes. Well, Brian Kane says there's, uh, what is it? There's inexpensive experience and expensive experience. And, and if you're smart, you can use inexpensive experience. You can use other people's experience to make yourself better. And I guess that's what we do with, with uh, podcasts and with uh, YouTube stuff. But, but most of mine has been the expensive kind where I had to go through it myself and make my own mistakes. But, uh, you know, uh, I always tell the kids, you know, every, every good thing and every bad thing that happens to you makes you better and makes you who you are. And without going through the tough times, the good times wouldn't taste as good. So, and I think that's the story of coaching and that's definitely the story of football. You know, football's a, a tough sport played by tough men and, uh, and you're going to get knocked down and you're going to have to uh, decide, you know, that, that first time when you really get the wind knocked out of you and you, you know, you, you're kind of looking around, you're halfway hoping the trainer runs out to save you, but you got to decide you're going to get your tail up and get back in the fight. And I think that's how life is. And that's what football teaches. That's, that's why football is the greatest sport in the world is because it teaches how to, how to get your tail up and get back in the fight. Especially during this COVID where none of us had a playbook to go to and how are we going to react? And so as coaches, we always told them like social media is going to say this, it's going to say this, we fight to play, but we control what we can control. And as long as we're, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So we were just like, we're going to do what we can. And, and a coach told me, I goes, I don't have a playbook for this, but we're going to roll with it. And, you know, and here we are doing podcast stuff and doing that. Well, I really think that, you know, the COVID battle hasn't been as much about COVID as it's been about, and I don't know how it is up there, but, you know, this distance learning has really, uh, it's, it's really wore our kids out. You know, they, they just, uh, and I'm talking about kids in the whole school, not just athletes. They just didn't have the, the discipline and the organizational skills to really excel at distance learning and they're, and they're struggling, they're struggling grade wise. So that's our big, uh, you know, that's our big fight right now. And, and we're battling, we're in the middle of our, uh, our mini camp and we're battling, you know, we, we, uh, we had a grade check, uh, you know, over the weekend and we had three starters that we wouldn't let come out to the second week of mini camp until they got their grades right. So it's just, uh, you know, it, I think, you know, probably your, your AP type kids, they're doing fine. You know, they're the ones that are going to go to college and do great. They're, they're doing great in this. There's no struggle for them, but it's your, your average students and your below average students, man, it's whooping their tails. And we're having the, we're having the, uh, the fight, the good fight on, you know, just being disciplined and being a grown man and deciding you want something so bad that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And, uh, because it's, you know, heck, I don't know about you, but if I would have been a kid during this time, I would have been struggling. You know, if I could sleep late and go fishing afterwards, I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, so, so that's to, to here, that's been the biggest fight. It's, it's been the, it's the battle with grades and distance learning. Uh, the, the COVID stuff, you know, it's uh, once they told us we were going to get to play in February, we're good. You know, let's go. We're, we're working, you know, we're, we're, we're following the rules and we're, you know, we're waiting for our time, but, but we got to have them eligible then. And that's, that's the, that's the big battle. Well, and, and I'm out of school for the first time this year, but I've been coaching for 11 years, which to some people that's not a lot, but to me, that's a lot. And like you said, if I was a kid in high school and I knew my Xbox was over there and the TV was over there, that's what I'd be looking at. But these kids, since they're not doing a sport right now, it's easy to slack off. You know what I mean? Like, normally they're in football. Like, we would have just had our college football playoff – or college football – our football playoff show this past weekend to find out who was Illinois, Illinois playoff. That's how sad. Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness, football would be almost over. And those kids have nothing really to be like, oh, I'm not playing a sport. Why should I care? You know, and that's that's the reality of it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not at the school yet, but, like, we went there and he goes – there's this list of kids already failing. And I was like, what? And those kids don't realize if you are ineligible now, you won't play in the spring. They won't let you. You didn't pass the quarter. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with the same stuff. And 
And I, I've had the same conversation with my principal, you know, and his question was, well, what can we do, you know, over distance learning to teach them those, those organizational skills and those discipline skills. And I said, no, this is something we had to be teaching them seven years ago, you know, that we're so far behind the curve at this point, you know, and, and what I hope is that this sparks, you know, when we finally get them back, this should spark, you know, the greatest character education boom that's ever happened in, in public schools, because we've shown that, you know, e even our team, which our core principles, you know, toughness and work ethic and, you know, all, all those different uh, principles that we have, uh, you know, we're, we got, we're kids and thank God that they've, they've come around here. Like I said, we've only had, we only had three when it, if you would have, if we would have talked a month ago, it would have been the majority of the team wasn't passing. So we we've made a comeback and it's, and it's been a daily fist fight to, to make the comeback happen. But we've, we've got to, we've got to do a better job with character ed teaching them the important things of life. You know, that it's not all about, you know, state tests. It's about, are we, are we filling their toolbox up with some stuff that's going to get them through this? Because I know this knucklehead when he was 15, I, there's no way I would have got through this. It's too easy to, you know, we didn't have Xbox back then. <laughs> I would have been playing Atari or something. You don't even know what that is. Atari. <laughs> oh, my, my parents have the original one sitting at okay, home yeah. and that's, so, worth, that's worth some money. So we're keeping that. Yeah. We would have been playing Atari shooting ducks and, uh, and going fishing. So, so it's, uh, I, you know, I feel for them, but now it's time that, you know, we've told them only you can save you, you know, it, we're, it, it's D-Day. We got to go. Yeah. And then for us, we have, there's uh, office hours. So we always tell them like teachers have office hours now, like at college. So there's, we're, they're trying their best to like get this done, but those kids are like, oh, that's an hour of free time. I'm not going to get on the computer. So it's. Yeah, my parents laughed. They're like, oh, imagine if you were in school right now. And I was like, there's a TV, there's a bike. I will go down to the park and shoot basketball. Like, it's – I'm not sitting on a computer for – The greatest summer ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> it? It's still spring break, in my opinion. We never have gotten off spring break. It's yeah. – in our school, we still have March calendars up. Nothing's been taken down. It's creepy. Like, oh. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and it's, the, it's the perfect train wreck because... On the other side of it, you got teachers that are worn out, they're stressed out, they're you know, burned out, they're so frustrated and aggravated that kids aren't getting on Google Classroom and doing, you know, they they had to they had to learn all these skills that they didn't have before, but they but they did it. You know, they 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 stayed up late and they figured it all out and they put it out there expecting the kids to jump on board with them. And the kids didn't. So now the teachers are, are frustrated and fed up and the kids don't have the skills. And that's a terrible train wreck that uh, that's hitting. But anyway, that's a lot of talk about academics. But it's, you know, to me, that's the biggest fight of the uh, COVID was the grade part of it. You know, once they said we were playing, we were good. We were, we've been moving ahead. We we had a Zoom a virtual spring practice in the, in the spring. And now we get to do mini camp and, you know, we're, we're physically together, but we can't have helmets or any kind of equipment on, but, you know, I would have never guessed it, but we've gotten a whole lot better. in you know, in a week and a half, uh, just with no, no kind of, you can't even touch each other. And we, you know, we visually are getting better every single day. So even just, you know, doing that has made a huge difference. And, we'll shut it down on Friday and, and then basketball start getting ready for their season. And then we, we come after basketball this year, we go, it goes basketball, football, and then uh, baseball. So, so we're good on that end of it. We just, 
we got to have them eligible. So that, that's the big fight. Yeah, we're on the same schedule. But today they just said basketball is considered high risk now. So now they don't even know if we're going to have basketball now. Or if we are, is it going to happen in December? It might be pushed to January, which means we're going to get pushed back. And then everything's going to – and not to go on a tangent, it's just our state government and our governing body for sports, the state's not talking to anybody. They come out with their own thing, and that's the frustrating thing for us is, you know, they were getting prepared. For, my friends that had basketball coach, they were supposed to start next week, and now they don't even know. Like, uh, And the election will, you know, the election will play a big part in that. We're – we're a very uh, we're a very Republican county, and we're surrounded by Republican counties. So our our people are pushing to get back face to face, and you know, and I'm I'm a Democrat, but you know, and I'm I'm afraid of the, the virus, but <laughs> I'm more afraid of them grades. You know, we got we got to get face to face. So so we'll see we'll see what the election does to clean everything up. Yeah, I'm afraid of grades and mental health. That's I'm not the most social person, but we're not meant to sit in here all day. And so, yeah, that's, that's a lot of COVID talk. We could go on for two more hours or three more hours on just COVID. Um, so I, I, I try to watch everybody's stuff. I try to watch your stuff. There's so many coaches have stuff. And I try to watch people's stuff. Um, I know you're air raid. So how did you stumble upon? I'm going to run the air raid. Like, you know, uh, I, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, it was an act of God. I, uh, I, I, when I was a young knucklehead and thought I knew what I wanted to do, I was going to be a flex bone guy. You know, Georgia Southern was in its heyday, and man, I thought that was a deal. And uh, and then uh, Hal Mummy got the head football job at Valdosta State, which is where I went to school. And uh, so, uh, w- within probably three months, he had brainwashed me, and uh, you know, and that staff. You know, we had uh, Hal, we had Mike Leach, we had Guy Morris, Dana and I were both GAs. So, uh, you know, it, it was kind of the uh, the incubator of, uh, of air raid folks. And uh, so I was actually the second uh, coach in Georgia, high school coach in Georgia that ran the air raid in high school and uh, been running it ever since. So I've been running it, you know, over 20 years, I've been an air raid guy and so I always tell people I'm not the smartest air raid guy, but I've got the most experience. <laughs> I I grew up in a flex bone offense. Like I always tell people, and I don't know if you've ever seen it. If you picture the Maryland eye formation, tight end on the right side, wide receiver to the left, got the running backs. You take that H back right behind and move them to the right or the left, and that's what we did, like an inverted flex bone type thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought the same thing. Like I'm going to run the option. I'm going to do this. And I started researching, coaching in the spread. I found the air raid stuff, and I was like, oh, I like this better. Not your experience, but I just like, I, I like it better. And the teams I've been on that have been successful have ran the spread, like some type of spread. Not saying the wing tee doesn't work. Not saying the flex mode don't work. It does. But um, So I watch your guys' YouTube stuff. You and Coach Mackey for the air raid stuff. I'm like, I got to see what they're doing because I want to bring that stuff to what we're doing. Well, I was, I'm always one, you know, uh, I, I, I don't hate on any offense. I, you know, there's people winning state championships with every offense. I, I just think you got to pick something and hang your hat on it. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I was in that process of, you know, I thought I was a flex bone guy and then I'm getting brainwashed by how uh, I got the chance to go to, uh, to a, I think it was a Nike clinic back then. And Fisher DeBerry was talking. So I went in there and I'm, I mean, you're talking about the guru, you know, and he, he's drawn up this, this drill where they had a center, a fullback and a three technique. And they were, and it was, he was just, it was teaching the quarterback to read that, that dive key. And that, that three technique is teeing off on the fullback. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I can remember I was sitting there, I was taking notes as fast as I could. 
And I'm thinking, man, that's kind of a tough drill right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's film of it. And the, you know, the fullback's just getting destroyed by this three technique coming down. And he's telling about how, what a great drill it is. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to, <laughs> that'd be a tough, that'd be a tough drill to sell right there. You know, and, and then, you know, at the same time, um, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm seeing Hal out there and they're, they're running around with shorts on, throwing the ball around. Everyone's excited, having fun. So I said, yeah, that, that might be a better, that might be a better uh, sell right there. Um, now you need to correct me if I'm wrong, because you're probably the guy to ask. Watching videos and researching, it seems like there's the Hal Mummy way, Coach Hal Mummy. I keep, I hate when I do that. I say Hal like I know who he is, like Coach Mummy has his way of his air raid concepts versus coach Leach. Now I know a lot of it's the same, but I know Mike Leach has kind of tweaked it and adjusted a little bit. So which way might be better? Which way do you prefer? Like, I don't know if that's the right question to ask, but just for me looking at it, it looks like it's a little different. Yeah. I think that the differences are very minor. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone, everyone puts their own flavor on it. I think, you know, Leach is famous for uh, four verts and Hal's famous for the mesh, but they both run them both. I mean, they're just which one do you call more. So I think those two are definitely in one one family, although some guys might disagree, but I, I think they're very, very almost identical. And then uh, and then you got Tony Franklin, who is uh, much more, uh, you know, has been influenced much more by outside forces so i think those are the two that are kind of uh i got a sign that says my internet's a little unstable but the uh you know i think it's mummy and leech and then you got tony franklin or kind of those are that's where the tree branched a little bit yeah like, like i said you know you guys know more than i do i steal i'm like okay they're talking about this and then you look at it and you're like oh i see what they're talking about or like like coach leach puts a lot more on the quarterback to audible and stuff like that like I feel like maybe that's where the difference comes in. Then you always hear, well, Mike Leach just had more division one jobs. So maybe his way's better. And I'm like, well, no, he was just in it longer. I think, you know, I just, I don't really, it doesn't make him better. Uh, I think they both, they're both, I mean, Hal puts a lot on his quarterback too. I think back when, you know, uh, Chris Hatcher was the quarterback. Now he's at uh, saying he was our quarterback and, Heck, he called half the game himself. You know, it was just that that's kind of their thing is to to give that guy a lot of autonomy. More than I give him now. I don't give him that autonomy. Yeah. High school coaches, we don't want to do that. college, it's a little easier to make those to do that stuff, unless you have a stud, but uh so like I said, I'm gonna go off topic here. So I love watching Coach Leach everywhere he goes. I have Washington State stuff. My Mississippi State shirts ordered. Like, I love watching him. If I could sit down and talk to him for an hour, I would love it. Like, he's the guy. Um, I talked to my friend. He's like, when is Coach Leach going to adapt? And I said, what are you talking about? He needs to run the ball more when this is happening, like, with their team. And so what do you think when guys say that? Like, he needs to adapt. I'm like, what do you mean adapt? He's going to run what he runs. And... He's not going to call run plays. He'd roll over. Mummy would come over and hit him probably. Like, what are you doing calling run plays for? Well, I, I think we're all sitting there thinking, man, if he just had counter in or if he just had this in, you know, he could uh, – they couldn't do what – like I saw – I can't remember. Maybe it's A&M, the way A&M was lined up and, you know, had those super wide defensive ends and one nose, you mm -hmm. know, and – I'm sitting there thinking, well, they couldn't do that to me because we would run counter down their throat. <laughs> but, but that's the reason he's there and I'm, I'm at Hopton, you know, that, that obviously he's smarter than me and uh, his way works pretty dang good. I think it's just a matter of uh, getting – and, it, you know, I hate to sound like everybody, but getting his people in there and getting the right quarterback and, and, uh, and then it's going to – you know, it's going to be like it was the first week. You know, the first week was pretty dang exciting. Well, and people forget, like at Washington State, it was the same thing. There were some struggles, but it, it works. It's like any other person. It, it, 
he turns around programs. He and Coach Mummy could turn around programs. That's what they did. That's what they're going to do. And and they have a big effect on the game. So it's it's. I love the run stuff combined with it, but I respect what Coach Leach does, and it works. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what more you want. I had to ask you though. I wouldn't be doing my podcast job if I didn't ask about the air raid stuff. That's. Well, I mean, I, I'm sitting there watching it, thinking the same thing. Man, if you just had GT in, they, they couldn't do – they physically couldn't do what they're doing. But I promise you, he's a lot smarter than me. So, <laughs> he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah, like, we installed ISO, which I know is belly, but it's ISO. And someone said, oh, if he just ran ISO right there because he has it, like, just double teams and run the ball. And I'm like – why don't you go tell them that? I want to see you go tell them that. And they're like, no, that's all right. Well, back in the day, ISO, you know, they called it lead, mm-hmm. was the number one run because they were much more of a two-back uh, set. Uh, but now he's more of a one-back guy. So, you know, his version of inside zone is what their inside zone or draw is what they're hanging their hat on. But but he'll get it worked out. I'm, he, he's he's – uh, He's super smart, man. So he's going to get it right. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. Um, he's in the SEC, so it's tough to tough to do that. But give him two years, it's going to be fine. People are jumping off the wagon. I'm like, no, I'm staying on. I'm wrong. I'm on for the ride. Uh, he'll be just fine. Um, so I know you're a big culture guy. You're a big leadership guy. Um, so what's different, like leadership stuff you do, or culture building, team building? you know, we'll get in the meat potatoes of it. Like what's stuff that you do that maybe other people don't do or what's worked for you? Uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the core principles I think are that, you know, the building culture, we call it the four cornerstones. It's mission, core principles, relationship, and process. You know, those are the four cornerstones of building culture. And uh, the core principles are, are probably the, the, uh, most tangible day-to-day part of it, you know, and, and we've done it. We stole it from Brian Kane and Randy Jackson, where we, we tie a core principle to each day. So we've got five core principles, attitude, leadership, work ethic, toughness, and family. And we tie each of one of those to a day so that we've always got a lesson plan, you know, talking about how we started out talking about those great stories that coaches told, but they told them randomly, well, now all of ours are more systematic. You know, every Monday we're going to be talking about attitude all day. And every Tuesday we're going to be talking about leadership all day. You know, we had a we had our uh, quote that went out this morning and and uh, and then we had a, a guest speaker. We had the, the mayor of the mayor of the town came out and spoke after practice and gave a leadership talk. And uh, so it just it uh, it systemizes everything that, that we want to get across to the kids. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, we, I, I guess one of the more tangible things is we do two community service projects a year. So we just last Saturday, you know, we did it basically, uh, between, you know, the Saturday between the two weeks of mini camp where we, uh, we went to downtown, uh, Newton Grove. It's, it's almost as big as Chicago, just a little smaller. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we did a, a, a trash pickup. You know, we went to this, met in the center of town and went out each direction and picked up trash and then helped us uh, uh, hang up the Christmas lights, you know, for the, for the town. And, you know, and then in the, in the fall, normal fall, we do a, a, a cancer car wash in October and donate a hundred percent of that to uh, the cancer societies so, because, and I don't know how you guys are, but, I used I couldn't stand when kids were wearing pink in October. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we, we hadn't done anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't stand it. So, so now... Uh, we pick one, we have one pink night where you can wear all the pink you want. 
but we also do that car wash so that we're donating a thousand dollars to cancer society and actually doing something about it. So we've earned the right to wear that pink. And uh, so that that's been a big deal for us. And now we got to figure out how we're going to do that in, uh, in February, but, but that's what, so we're kind of reversed, you know, this, this community service would have been in the, in the springtime and then uh, the car washes in the fall, but just, uh, you know, uh, the, the big one is, you know, kids spell love T I M E and you got to spend, you got to spend time with them away from football. And, and that's, uh, you know, that, that's one of the biggest things that we believe. So we're, you know, we, we try to do stuff, you know, normally, during spring ball, the uh, the first Friday, uh, we have a, a huge sleepover where uh, they meet up at five different houses by position, and they uh, and they all have a sleepover, and they got to send me a picture at midnight uh, uh, that of all of them, you know, and that so that's a, a bonding thing, and we take them. Uh, we have a senior trip in the spring where we go visit a spring practice with all the seniors. And, uh, you know, so just any way we can, uh, any way we can do stuff with kids away from football and at the same time, uh, sing the song and sell the message that, uh, that this thing's about, uh, teaching boys how to be men and build winners for life. And it's about, uh, putting tools in the toolbox that are going to carry them through life, you know, and that's, so, so that's the big one. I, I'm, I'm having some internet. Still that's on my buddy. No, you're Sorry all about good. that. You're all good. This is raw and uncut. I am not too worried. <laughs> you got me. I got you. Yeah, sorry about that, man. It's it's saying it's my my uh, internet's unstable, so it's my side that's doing that. No, this is Maybe. raw, raw and uncut. I am not too worried about it. Let me uh, let me do what you did and turn off my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Yeah, I learned that. I learned just that. All right, let's see if that helps. Well, sorry about that. I can't remember what we were we were talking about culture, but uh, no. Uh, I when I was in high school and I was first coaching, uh, the last week of July we'd have a full week of camp, and at each day we would do something. So we did like an egg toss. So they go on top of the press box, they throw down the egg, and you got to catch it without breaking. We did watermelon eating contest. We did relay races and if we raise money in the summer we would go we'd go watch the bears practice uh their uh camp or whatever they it was open to the public we went to canton hall of fame uh college hall of fame and uh we would go and now who was doing this that's that's like ahead of ahead of his time who who was your head coach his name's Coach Denhart. Um, we grew up in a small – it's a small town of, like – my high school was 300 kids. Uh, and in the summer, one of the gas stations is right on the interstate, like right off the interstate. And so what we did was we'd go pump gas. So it's going to sound creepy, but bear with me. You, <laughs> you'd stand – we'd get permission from the gas station owner, and we'd stand at the pumps – and we go up to people and say, we're raising money for the Oakwood football team. We, we're pumping gas for you while you go buy something. We'll wash the windows of the car or whatever for any amount of money. We would do stuff like that. And we raised a lot of money. Like one summer, we got to go to that trip. And he bought a new flat screen TV for us to watch film on. And flat screens back then were like big time. Like, oh my goodness. Uh, for the cancer thing. Uh, not that school, but I started coaching. Uh we would do like a grill night. So we grill, someone would donate some meat and that money would go to cancer research. So like that particular night, all that money, the booster club would say, okay, we're going to work with the football team. It gets donated. Like, so you guys can wear your paint, kind of like what you guys do. Uh, so those were fun. When I was in high school and coaching, doing those team trips were pretty fun. You, you earned it. You know, you're, you were there all summer. You raised the money. Uh, those were fine. It was only a couple of days, but it was something. 
that you can well, do. That's, that's uh, way ahead of their time. I mean, that's fantastic. That's that's uh, that's exactly the kind of stuff I'm talking about. And I, the the last one we're doing uh, social justice uh, uh, speakers every day after practice. We're bringing a different police officer, our our school resource officers, kind of heading it up. So we got a different like. Uh, making sure we got diversity as far as police officers coming in and just having some of those uh, uncomfortable conversations that I think it's going to take to, to, to get through this thing, you know, that, uh, you know, the way I describe it to the kids is, you know, Hopton's my favorite football team, but we still got to get a lot better. And the same thing happens in our country. You know, I, I think America is the greatest country in the world in the history of the world but we still got to get a lot better. And, uh, and I know, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of minority kids, uh, but I've had uh, at least one come every day after practice and just say, coach, thank you. This is, this is really uh, means a lot to me. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just like you're talking about when you were in high school, it's just doing a little extra to, uh, to build a thing, you know, and, 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 and obviously, you know, when you're talking about culture, you're talking about the behaviors you create, you know, it's, you, you were, you were describing team bonding, which is way ahead of its time. You know, what, what your coach was doing is way ahead of his time, but it's, it's, it, it's team bonding and then some, and that you're trying to create the behaviors uh, that, that championships have or champions have. And, and, uh, and that means, you know, uh, having a, an elite work, work ethic. It means having an elite level of leadership. It means having an elite attitude. Uh, and it means having a unique, and, and I know as 11 year coach, you know, this one, you know, your best teams aren't always your most talented teams, but they're always the most unified. They're always the closest, the most tightly bonded, you know, when you get that situation where the hole is bigger than the parks that's the key to winning championships, you know? So that's why family is such a big deal to us. We just call it family and it's about uh, believing in each other and having each other's back. And, and that's when we started the whole social justice thing. That's what we said is, you know, our, our, uh, our, our black players, they got to know that we got their back. And uh, you know, we have a lot of Hispanic kids and we had a Hispanic police officer come out yesterday, you know, that they, they the kids got to know we got their back and we care. And that's, that's the biggest part of, uh, you know, of changing things is everyone's got to care. Mm-hmm. And doing that stuff when I was in high school, I could call those football players up right now and I haven't seen them in a year or two and we could talk for hours just, mm-hmm. just, just because. Um, and you talked about it's the heart that wins. I'll never forget. I was playing. We had a more talented team and we lost the first game by one point. And I'll never forget they were just hitting us harder. We had more talent. They were just hitting us harder. And when I started coaching, I always remember stuff like that. Like it's the person that tries the hardest and is bought in and, and tries and all that good stuff. And um, and another thing I thought of uh, when I was coaching at Charleston High School, they would always do the, – the, the community would do a run for the fallen. So, like, you know, for veterans and stuff um, – you put down a flag on the football field. Like people, if you had a family member or something, you put a flag down to represent them. And we, we would practice and then we'd have the football players go run a mile together just for them to have that. And kids to this day still remember that stuff. They're like, Oh yeah, we did this or, or whatever. And uh, they'll, they'll take If I talk to a player from five years ago, Oh, remember, I remember we did this. I remember we did this. And, and it's funny, uh, you know, I, I told you we had a, a guest speaker today at the end of practice. It, he's our, our mayor of our town. And he uh, you know, he played at Hopton. And then he went uh, to Wichita, Kansas, where he played uh, uh, college ball. And then he and then he played for the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, and he was saying he's in his 60s now. And he was saying they just had their uh, their reunion their 40th reunion, I think he said, and it was, uh, it was right before COVID. And he said, those players, it was like, you know, even the ones you hadn't seen in 40 years, it was like, it was yesterday that you fell right into it, you know, and there's just a bond there that, you know, it's like no other. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a football's, you know, it's a big deal. It's a, it's, it's more, it's more than a game. 
and it and, and it imprints and impacts a, a, a man for the rest of his life. Yeah, and I, I I keep going back to stuff. I'm remembering little. See, now it's coming back like what we were doing. Um, my third high school in 2018, when we actually start practice, you practice at the high school for a couple of days. Then there was, um, what where, I can't remember where we went. We went somewhere. We'd stay there for three days. And we'd have football practice there. They brought all their stuff, and we had football practice there. And then people would come out there, and you do team-building exercises. You have people come out and do that for you. And that was a huge experience. And that year, I'm not saying it was because of that, but I think it's stuff like that. We went 9-0 and that year. We ended up going 10-1. and And that was the best record that school had since 1999. Never won the conference before. Never had a home playoff game. Like, And that coach, he's only been there for six years, and he does stuff like that. And it's eventually gotten to that point now. So now he's been 10-1, and 9-1. and Like, it's... It's showing that, and he will do that forever. He's like, it's a pain, to be honest with you. It's a pain to go do that, but, like, the result is so much better to see those kids bond and have football practice somewhere else and come back. And there's, there's magic in summer camp now. Magic happens at summer camp. It does. And I never – And jumped. that's, uh, you know, and, it's, and the magic really happens. You know, you, of course, you get 10 million reps, but – and, of course, it's 10,000 degrees out there. But it's, I always thought the magic happened, uh, you know, it, after lights out, you know, when kids are sneaking into each other's room and they're sitting, you know, of course, everyone's going to win a state championship that year and they're, and they're becoming friends and they're dreaming about, you know, greatness coming in the season and they're, they're truly getting to know each other. You know, there's just, there's nothing like summer camp, man. There's uh, that, that's magic happens. I know it. A part of me kind of liked, like, at first, this summer, I was like, oh, I got nothing to do. A part of me was like, oh, I get to relax, because I thought this was not going to go on as long as it did. And then about June-ish, July, I was like, we need to go back. Like, this is not going to be, I miss summer. I don't like being hot, but I was like, I kind of miss going out there. And and the look on the kids' faces, we got to see them in July. The look on their faces, they needed it, and... So it just breaks my heart when they can't be around each other. And uh, one coach here in Illinois, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's won two state titles. He's been coaching for 22 years. He said this was his highest attendance percentage and the highest kids he's ever come out for football. And it's because they want it. And he does a lot of the same stuff you're talking about for team stuff. And it's crazy what a sport can do to do that. Anyway, but it's uh, you know when you just do the the little, little bit extra, uh, it just it it uh, it impacts kids. It imprints. You know, I, we talk about you know you got four years that's going to impact a kid for the next forty years, and you know you can you can do it yourself. You know, I'm sure even up there, uh, you know, you go to McDonald's and they got the A man corner. Mm-hmm. You know, where the old guys are sitting over there eating, drinking coffee, and if you'll if you'll just listen to them. Before long, one of them's going to start quoting what their coach said in high school. You know, these 50, 70, 80 years old, and they're still quoting, you know, and, and that's a reminder to the coaches that, you know, long after you're in the ground, there's going to be kids quoting you. So you, you might want to, you know, be uh, be more cognizant of what they're going to be saying. <laughs> you know, what, what are they going to be quoting you? Because they're going to be talking about you long after you're gone. And that's, and that's that four for 40, you know, you're going to impact them for 40 years. You're going to impact their kids and their grandkids by what you teach them now. And so, you know, how about we teach them to be loyal and to be hard workers and to be dependable and to be tough because, you know, we, we preach this to our kids all the time, you know, uh, life can be tough, but it's a whole lot tougher if you're soft, you know, if you're a tough guy, life gets easier. But if you're soft, life gets harder. You know, it's almost, you know, the, the you know, if you're looking, looking to be a victim, you're going to get victimized a whole lot. You know, you got to be looking to be a conqueror. And we, we tell our kids, oh, you know, that you, you are not a victim. You are a conqueror. And, uh, and that, that just that attitude to go through life with is going to make a difference. And I don't mean you're looking for a fight. That just means, you know, you got what it takes to, to face any challenge. And it doesn't matter what comes through the door, you're ready. And I think that's what football, you know, that's what football gives you an opportunity to teach kids. Yeah. And 
if you can learn from it, that's the big thing. If you're going to get hit and learn from it and football teaches that sports teaches that. And as long as the coaches instill it and they go on after four years and, you know, something's going to happen, you know, something's going to happen to your house. You got to pay that bill. You got to work hard to get that fixed or do something. As long as you can do it, that's, you know, that's why we do this. And, you know, that's why I knew at 15 years old, what my coach did for me and all that stuff. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And, love every moment of it and I may not be successful I may not be a head coach but I'm doing my part and being the head coach of what I can control and that's the way they go about it and it's it's one of those where there's so many layers to it you know your your why even has so many layers you know you you gotta love the game you gotta believe the game's the greatest game in the world uh you gotta love that that you're you're gonna make uh, a decent live in your whole life and you're going to have retirement when you're done and you're going to get to wear shorts to work every day, you know, and have fun. You know, how many, how many people do you know that they don't, they don't enjoy what they do. And, you know, and we probably get in trouble with our wives sometimes because they think we're just having fun all the time, but it's because we got a fun job and it's an important, it's fun and important at the same time. And then when you put the last why on top of it, that that you're going to impact kids the way your coach has impacted you and you're going to change things for kids. Uh, and, you know, and we could go so in depth, you know, there's to, especially today, you know, if a kid doesn't commit to athletics, he could literally graduate from high school, never having committed to anything in his whole life. You know, and just that that instant gratification world that we live in, you know, football is the opposite of that. It's yeah, you really do. You got to lift weights all year long to be ready for that one game where it's all going to come down to you having to beat another man's tail. You know, that's what, sort of, you know, so that that's a lot of work for one Friday. But it, that's what that's what it teaches you is that it's uh, delayed gratification, it's an investment, and it's work ethic, and it's uh, you know uh, having each other's back and uh, and 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 being at your best when things are at their worst. I mean that's that's all the things that football can teach. And again, you know I think it's important. Football doesn't teach that by itself. You know you got it. The coach has to teach that on purpose. You know football it does a great job of revealing character. It doesn't build character by itself. You know, if, if you got, if you got a, 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 a shit bird, uh, guess what? Go ahead and get down by three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And you look on the sideline and he'll be acting like a shit bird. Mm-hmm. And if you got a great kid, get, let him get down by three touchdowns and he's going to be out there fighting until the last dog dies. You know, it, it reveals character. Our job is to build the character to teach them the behaviors and the, and the, uh, you know, and the tools that they need because man, some in life the going gets tough sometimes. Yeah. And it teaches a lot of responsibility too. Like you were talking about with grades responsibility. Like, I don't know if this is relatable. Like, again, my coach may have been ahead of his time. So shout out to him. I always talk, sometimes talk to be like, how do you pick captains? Like, how do you go about captains or whatever? And what he would do is he'd have summer, we go through two a days, which kids don't know what two a days are anymore. It's it's not the same. Um, I think like the fourth day, he would we had to stay at practice in between because he he didn't want anything to happen to us. So we had this locker room. We stayed, and he said, "Okay, today we're vote. You're gonna vote for your captain. So one at a time, you go into the office, and all the coaches are sitting there, and they say, "Who do you want to be a captain? Oh, I want so and so, so and so, and so and so." And then they would they would start asking you questions like, well, why'd you pick Steve? And what's the answer? Oh, he was at weightlifting all the time. Well, does showing up get the job done all the time? Oh, well, why'd you pick so and so? Oh, uh, they're a good player. Well, why? Like they you would have to get we'd have to give him an answer as a player. So by the time you were a junior and senior, you kind of knew what was going to happen, but like you looked at it different though. If you're a freshman and sophomore, you really started to look at like who is there because of the program who's there to help like who's who's the player you're going to go to battle with and I've told some coaches that and they've stolen it and went with it because they're like oh it's up to them you're giving them responsibility you're giving them you know what what kind of leader are they looking for and you know so I don't know if my coach was ahead of his time but that's kind of what we did and 
Definitely ahead of his time. How is he still alive? He is. He he's oh, I don't want to say he's 50. Maybe he's in his 50. I don't know. He don't coach no more. He decided to re- to stop coaching. He said, let the young guys do it. There's just a lot of stuff. And uh but yeah, he he doesn't coach anymore. But I could call him and ask him stuff. But that's what he was doing. And then I helped him coach. I was volunteering, so I got to be on the other side. I was in the office watching this happen. And so I saw both sides of it of like, oh, this is what you were doing to us as a player. Like now I'm understanding. Like uh and coaches have taken that from me, like, oh, that's a good idea. And they've taken it. So I have to give him props. Like he did some things I don't think people did back then. No, that's that's way ahead of his time. Now we didn't win any state titles, but I mean he he was trying. That's that's all he could do was was try to do that and so I always said, if I'm a head coach, I'm probably going to do that, like something like that. Because uh, it's easy for us as coaches to say, oh, that one myself. Well, because that, that idea I told you about. See, there's always one great idea. So I, I lived up to the hype. I finally I gave you an idea. You did, you did it. But yeah, because he said it's easy for a coach to say, you're the captain, you're the captain. But then it's on us as coaches. Like we pick them. Now it's up to them. And, and another reason why I'll go with this, and I'll tell you why. I was a coach there my second year. The kids were coming in, and one kid came in and said, I want so-and-so, I want I want Jim, and I want Bob. He he walks out. About five kids come through, maybe ten kids come through. All of a sudden, he comes back in, and he's missing half of his hair. And we're like, what, what, what just happened out there? He goes, I don't want Jim to be a captain anymore. And we said, why? And he goes, I was trying to sleep, because you know you have three-hour or two-hour break. He goes, I was trying to sleep. He comes up and starts and shaves part of my head that's not a leader i don't want him and it's funny i was laughing because i was 19. i can see your point <laughs> i was 19 or 20 so i'm kind of laughing i'm like yeah but that kind of showed him like that kid he said that he looked at that kid as oh he showed up every day in the summer well that's just a 10 percent of it and so that kind of stuck with me and that's why i tell coaches some but that's what we did and that's what i'm going to do like it stuck stuck with me like that. This this process works to pick your captain or your leader, and so it's it's a funny story to to really go along with it. Well, it's stolen. <laughs> and then I know a coach that stole that, but they also people had to apply. Like people would give them resumes, and it teaches how to do resumes and all that stuff. And uh, they kind of try to combine it a little bit. But I like I like them coming in and like you're interviewing them for the other person. Like, well, why? And, and you're questioning them. Yeah. I keep seeing uh, one of the podcast. I can't remember what it's called, but the guy's selling that he's selling that uh, at the end of the podcast, he has something on coach to where he sells that captain process, but it's like the second one you're talking apply and they got to go through the interview and that, which it sounds awesome too, but I kind of like yours better. Well, there you go. It's for free. I'm not selling it. It's for free. Yeah. Um. So we'll so we'll start to. I'm taking all your time. We can start to wrap up a little bit. So how did you come up with your YouTube and your podcast? What kind of led you to do that? Uh, the YouTube. I was. Uh, I need. I was. I was wanting a job. So I. You know. I had all this. Uh, I had all this. Uh, air raid knowledge and I said well man let me let me just try it you know at the beginning I was just filming on my iPhone and putting it up there and and then I immediately got a job (laughs) so so then I was like well do I still want to keep doing this and you know luckily I decided to keep going and and uh and like I said it's just the uh, the 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 people you meet and the ideas you get are just you know they're they're priceless so that was that part of it, you know, and that's basically air raid and offense more than anything. And then uh, the culture thing is just, you know, I always tell people, you know, the YouTube's for everybody, but the podcast is for me because I just, you know, I have a passion to get better and, and to hear how other people do it. You know, to me, you talking about your high school coach, that was fascinating to me, especially someone that was doing that you know, way ahead of, you know, way ahead of his time on, on those ideas. Uh, and I just love, I just love hearing how people do it, especially when they're doing it at a high level, because I think it's, uh, you know, it's almost an untapped area, you know, so few coaches 
uh, you know, even carry, I, I always say it's, it's similar to special teams. You know, everyone says is important, but how many people really invest in special teams, you know, really want to want to be elite at special teams. And, and if you are one of the ones that want to be elite, you find out pretty quick that you win a lot of games on special teams, but it's, but it's so hard. And the reason people don't get good at it is it's so hard to practice. You know, how do you practice? You don't have any good drill. You know, how do you practice? And that, and that was culture. Uh, I knew it was important, but I didn't know how you do it. You know, how do you practice it? And, uh, and then the, the upside is so big, you know, if you can get, if you can build an elite culture, man, you're, you're going to go. And, uh, so, so that's why it was the podcast is for me. I just wanted to talk to the best people out there and steal their ideas. And, and, uh, and anyone who listens to the podcast, they get to steal their ideas along with me. Yeah. I, I originally did it cause I love ESPN stuff. I want to talk about sports. COVID happened. So there was no sports. And then it turned into, I want to talk to coaches and learn and meet people and, you know, and so it turned into that and free therapy. I need to start charging people for this therapy if it's always going to be free, I guess. Um, I forgot to ask this question, so I'm going to ask you. So you're A-Ray guy. So do you do the three-day install stuff, or is it any different? Uh, we do a four-day. Okay. But yeah, and, and and COVID time, it comes in pretty – came in pretty handy being able to do it. So we're on uh, – we're on – we just finished uh, day three of the second week. So we're we've gone through it almost two times already. What's your favorite? And, and, which one's your favorite uh, passing play? I, I'm a big slant shoot guy, so uh, we we have a mirrored combination where we throw slants on the outside and and shoot routes on the inside, and running back does a middle check and uh, and we kind of read it across the field. So it's slant on one side, then slant on this side, and then shoot on that side. So it's it's the it's the one that's been the best to me in pressure situations over time. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to ask that earlier. I was like, I need to ask what they do, and <laughs> I'm not doing my job if it's not X's and O's at some point. Well, you know, air raid guys, as long as you're throwing it, they're happy. So it doesn't really matter what what concept. Yeah, because uh, Coach Sheffer, who you talk to, I'm always on his program profile, and I'm the spread guy in that group. So they poke fun at me and. Uh, but anytime we talk spread, like, well, it's us, Steve. He knows Steve. <laughs> and I'm not a true air. Like I've never been on a team that runs true air raid. Like we still have some run plays. Like at school, I was out there. We ran trap 10 times in a row and scored. Mm-hmm. Cause they spread the box out. So what were we going to do? We trapped. And I said, guys, I don't throw the ball over the place. We still run. I'm the run game coordinator for goodness sakes. Like we're going to run the ball a little bit <laughs> power and power read and all that stuff. But they poke fun at me because our wing team. We guys. actually we, we ran the ball for three thousand yards this year, so we mm. were so we and we're a big uh, we'll we'll run it the same play over and over again if you let us. So we're we're in the same mindset. Oh man, that was our head coach. He, I remember it. What's open? Trap. All right. What's open? Trap. Okay. <laughs> About the fifth time. What's? Are you sure it's open? I was like, yes. Five yards, ten yards a pop. That works. It That'll work. work all day, won't it? It work. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't reinvent what's already invented and all that stuff. Well, Coach, I took a lot of your time. We talked about a little about everything. I know we could go on for hours and hours, but uh, but I appreciate you coming on. Um, tell people where they can find your YouTube stuff and all that good stuff. Well, I, number one, I appreciate you having me. I, I've I've listened to your podcast several times, and I've heard you on the other one on the uh, on the program breakdowns. So now I get to put a face with it. Uh, I'm at uh, on YouTube. I'm at Coach Joe Salas, and uh, the YouTube one is mainly uh, an air raid channel. And then the podcast is Championship uh, uh, Championship Culture Podcast. And that's on all the different, you know, everywhere you can get a podcast, it's on there. So, uh, and the, the, the podcast comes out every Saturday morning and the, uh, YouTube channel comes out every Tuesday and, uh, and it's fun. I always got good, like you, I always have good people on there and I just listen to them and let them teach me so I can steal their ideas. 
Well, I'm glad I gave you one. I was worried when you said that, like, oh, I got to reach in my toolbox there. And you, did, you did. You came through. You got, I had to reach real deep for that. That was 2006 when I played. Like, that was going way back. Well, you, you picked a good one, man. I'm stealing it. <laughs> well, again, thank you for being on here. Uh, guys out there, stay safe. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.